Episode number five of the Heart and Hustle podcast. Four in the books here in the month. We'll get a fifth in before the end of a short February month. Nick Grunowitz here. Scott Inez is with me. You know us from ESPN 580 Orlando. Of course, Scott, weekdays from four to six ESPN afternoons with Scott Inez. You're home for the latest breaking magic news analysis and all of that. Uh, I do other stuff too. Uh, Thanks for (laughs) hanging out. A big weekend for the Magic, at least on Sunday. uh, They get a win over Toronto. Um, What is in the Ross sauce? We'll talk about that uh, as well as more on the playoff push and a a few other things that Scott has in mind. Uh, If you are listening to the podcast for the first time, make sure you can go online. uh, Anywhere you find podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, uh, all Stitcher, all of them, and you can subscribe. You can also head to the Orlando Pinstripe Post Network uh, and hear everything else that they have going on as well. Let, let's let's get to it, though, because we're going to try to keep this to most of these now. You and I have been talking about this uh, to about 30 minutes or so. So we yeah, can, I think that works. Yeah, I think that people, I and, and you can let us know, at ESPN580Nick, at Inez Says on Twitter, in the comment section. Those, those of you that have already reviewed and put some comments down that like this, Really do appreciate it, um, but I think that people want about thirty minutes of magic content, so that's yeah, we'll what we're try gonna, it out. We're gonna try to do that. So uh, let's get started here, Scotty. Right. Uh, do you want to start? This is you know this will tell a lot about both of us. Do you yeah. want to start with the good or the bad? Do you want the loss against Chicago? What was that on Friday night yeah. with that uh, that that Aaron Gordon foul? Which um, <laughs> I'm still. Well, let's go ahead and start with the bad, shall we? Yeah, let's start with yeah. uh, let's start with that. We'll start with the the Magic losing a game that they shouldn't. Before winning a game that they shouldn't yeah. uh, on Sunday, so uh, the the Magic come off the All Star break, they look rusty. Uh, they're in a dogfight with the Bulls, yeah. and Aaron Gordon commits one of the worst fouls I've seen all season Ooh. on Laurie Marketing with the Magic leading one hundred nine, one hundred eight, and eight tenths of a second left on the clock. Yeah, that hurt. Um, look, I, I go back to that Bulls game on Friday again. The Magic more than made up for it on Sunday with a win over one of the best teams in the NBA in Toronto on Sunday afternoon there in Canada. But you go back to that Friday game, and I wondered as I was watching, and I was there to honor the great David Steele there for going into the Magic Hall of Fame on Friday. You wondered, is this the type of game that comes back to haunt you in the end? And that was my feeling. Chris Crawford and I talked about the final 23-game stretch for the Magic after the interview you did with David Steele aired. That was episode four, by the way, if you missed it. 38 great minutes with David Steele. Uh, one of the best interviews we've done uh, on this podcast for sure because it's the only one, but also <laughs> through the six years you and I have worked together. But I said, listen, you have 15 of the 23 against teams at or beneath 500. Yeah. You need to win about 12 to 13 of them, and you're hoping yeah. this isn't one of those games that comes back and just ruins your chances yeah, of making the postseason. Nick, but I don't think it was one of those games where the Magic let their guard down. I, I think Chicago overall played very well. As a matter of fact, a couple of days later, they would go on to beat the Boston Celtics there in Chicago. So the Bulls, I thought, played well. I think the Magic did tend to play down to their competition. They there was do. probably some rust involved there. And look, there were three things that happened in that game that cannot happen. Number one is missing all those free throws. What did they miss? Ten free throws in that game, something like that. Inexcusable. Uh, in that game, the Magic at the free throw line went 11, 13 of 24. They missed 11. 13, 11 free throws. Man, you're an NBA team. And, and, and that never happens with this team. And I, I go back to the whole... 
you know, I, I just think it was more rust than anything because this team typically is a decent free throw shooting team. So number one is the free throws. DJ Augustine missing a a, a couple there late in the game, yeah. which killed him. He missed two more on Sunday too. That at least I saw. He's been yeah. kind of he's kind of struggling right yeah. now at the line. Yeah. Um. But I I think the second thing that I'm talking about here, going back to the Chicago game on Friday, is Steve Clifford. Now Steve Clifford has had the Midas touch all year long as head coach of the Orlando Magic. Everything he has touched his turn to goal but even Steve after the game admitted look I blew that one how did he blow that one well uh late in the game final three or four minutes Jim Boylan over on the other side the head coach of the Bulls the drill sergeant had the drill sergeant by the way Jim Boylan he's got to calm it down a little bit dude I mean he is all over the place on that sideline he's he's gonna run out of energy just two angry bald guys on the sideline <laughs> by yeah. the way for that bull, right. for that Bulls magic game I just both just angry yelling hopping mad bald dudes and- but but boy Boylan has a lot more energy on the sideline than Steve Clifford does but Boylan played the game of taking uh, his center Lopez out of the game and and going small in the lineup, and all of a sudden, late in the game, he puts Lopez back in, and in turn, you know, Steve Clifford seeing what Boylan is doing with Lopez, he plays the offense-defense game with Vooch, and all of a sudden, the Bulls come out late, offensive end, there's Lopez, and there's no Vooch. Yeah, he missed him. There's no Vooch, and and Steve Clifford admitted after the game, look, I cost... Uh, our team the game because there was Lopez for the offensive rebound, which ha- had a lot to do with them winning the game. So that's two. And number three, the Aaron Gordon foul on Laurie Market and late. What in the world are we doing? It's there? awful. I mean, it's uh, I, I watched it right before we did the podcast again, just so that I didn't completely lose it. It's <laughs> something that wasn't that big of a deal. And it's about as it's a rookie foul. And Aaron, Aaron Gordon said that after the game. I mean, for a guy that's in his fifth year that just signed a big contract extension that called himself a franchise player prior to this season. Uh, franchise players don't make that foul. That was a a about as bad as it gets for a guy like Aaron Gordon. You don't make that foul. You don't foul a jump shooter. You don't foul a three-point shooter in the final second of a game, and yet Aaron did it. And I was actually watching from the loge on that night. I'm screaming at the top of my lungs, what are we doing? Why are we fouling and marking and hits two of three and ends up winning the basketball game for Chicago? But I think you're absolutely right about Aaron Gordon. Look, after the first two games of the unofficial second half of the season, uh, Gordon didn't have a bad game against the Bulls other than that foul uh, offensively. But offensively against Toronto in that win on Sunday, uh, he was just two of 11 from the field, 0 of 4 from three-point range. I think that Aaron Gordon this year overall has become a much better teammate. I think right. he's become much more consistent in his play under Steve Clifford, and yet he can get into that mode, Nick. And we've talked about that Aaron Gordon mode. We have. He can get into that mode where he kind of goes back to the previous four years, and it's it's the lone wolf. It's Aaron Gordon on to five guys. Yeah, I, I agree. There There is Aaron Gordon... Uh, Steve Clifford basketball player where Aaron Gordon will go along with the script and he will move the basketball and you kind of see it in this game against Toronto I know it was not a good shooting day for him he gave you seven seven and six yeah. I mean the fact is is he still it used to be when he had a bad offense he, he was an nothing. absolute yes. zero right yes. at least now he gets you seven rebounds six right. assists and that's part of what Steve Clifford has done for him you get that for about how many minutes again? Let's say he plays 35 minutes. You get that for 31 minutes. <laughs> and then there's yeah. four minutes in the game where right. Aaron catches the ball and he says, I'm going to be Paul George. Right. 
Right. And it is insufferable to watch right. because he's not Paul George. No. They're bad shots. He forces it. Yeah. He wants to dribble the ball. And the best thing you can do if you're trying to evaluate whether or not a guy has a one-on-one offensive game, which Aaron Gordon does not. He does not have a very good one-on-one game. Watch the defender because Aaron is doing all of this kind of whipping around dribble and one mixed tour stuff. You know what I mean? And the defender standing there like, you're it's not going. Whistling. Yeah, yeah, you're not going anywhere, bro. When you want to make yeah. a move, that's fine. I'll close out. But yeah. uh, you're right. Aaron Gordon had kind of a bad shooting night. I will say he still gives you – he was still a plus 12. Absolutely. And I don't want to make this podcast about banging on Aaron Gordon because overall We've he got has time been to very, very good. Well, plenty of He's been very, very good. And comparatively speaking, over the previous four years, he has been very, very consistent. But – this team needs more out of Aaron Gordon now. I agree. Because now you're playing meaningful games here in the second half of the season. He's in year five now, and yes, he's improved on his consistency, but he's got to take it to the next step. We need him, and I get it. He's only 23 years of age, but this is year five. You know, you do not foul a jump shooter, a three-point shooter in the final second of a game like he did. He didn't even go for the ball, Nick. No, he didn't he even go for the, the ball like he just shoved the dude. So... I, that cannot happen if the Magic are going to make the playoffs this year, and I think they will. So do I. Um, you and, and and win one, two, maybe three, maybe maybe even take a first round series. I don't know. We've got to have more uh, than we have over the last two games from Aaron Gordon here in the yeah, second. We, half. We've seen him go through lulls like this throughout his career. For whatever reason, he is an inconsistent ball player. He has been the most consistent of an inconsistent career. This year, but he does go through these lulls, and part of it is focus, part of it is effort. Uh, I will say, though, it's more of a positive than a negative for me on Sunday, where when he goes 0-4 from 3, and he goes 2 of, what did you say, 9, right? He was still 2 of 11 from the field. I get 7 rebounds, I get 6 assists, and usually he's guarding one of the two toughest guys on the other team. Evan Fournier has been the best defender on the Magic this year, I would say. Um, I mean, like Jonathan Isaac has been great, but Evan Fournier has had the toughest assignments. Aaron Gordon is normally right after. Yeah, I, I agree. He, he's doing the other things, and I think that credit goes back to his head coach, Steve Clifford. We talked very early in the season. Remember, it was one of the, the I think it was in the first couple of weeks of the season, the Magic went to Boston. They played the Celtics, yeah. Exactly. We and talked Steve about this Clifford, on Friday. Yeah, you're right. Steve Clifford calls an early timeout and literally gets in the face of Aaron Gordon. And you could see Aaron at the time going, Whoa, wait a minute. You were in Fort Lauderdale. That's right. You were in Fort Lauderdale. I was. I I, I was uh, working for Fox Sports Florida that night, and I I watched that that interlude and went, this is the best thing that could have ever happened to Aaron Gordon. He's finally being coached. Steve Clifford is getting in his face. And and Cliff is, is a guy who doesn't hold any grudges. He doesn't hold any personal grudges. He coaches you, and and to me, at least this year, he's been that perfect complement of patting a guy on the back mm-hmm. and kicking him in the backside at the same time. He's done that with Aaron Gordon. Gordon is a much better basketball player as the result of it, but he needs to get better in terms of consistency, and, and that has happened throughout this season. I don't want to bang on Aaron Gordon throughout no, the entire show. I don't think we are. It, we need a better Aaron Gordon for the final 21 yeah, games I, of the year. I, I agree with you, and when you make the playoffs, you need he needs to be one of your three best players every single night. The Magic are missing a third guy. This season has been about Terrence Ross off the bench, who we're going to get <laughs> to, Nick Vucevic having an all-star season, yeah. 
and it's been about whether or not they can find a third guy on any given night. Sunday, Aaron Gordon didn't give it to you. Fortunately, the bench kind of did. Jaron Grant gave you some really good minutes. Uh, Jonathan Isaac played another good game as well. Quickly, this just popped up for me, so Mm -hmm. I want to get to this um, quickly because the Fox Sports Magic Twitter account just tweeted this. Uh, Sunday's win against the Raptors, and we're Mm going to get to the Raptors here. Clockton is the fourth most watched Magic game of the season for Fox Sports Florida. Uh, Average viewership up 66% in February versus January. Uh, Part of that, of course, is the NFL. Part of that is we're getting towards maybe a playoff push here. Uh, I think what this does tell me, though, Scotty, is I think the fan base is starting to catch on that this team is is starting is is in the hunt. That this team is yeah. is different than other teams. You and I saw the Sports Business Journal report that the Magic had the lowest viewership ratings of any NBA team this year for mm-hmm. their regional sports network, their RSN. Uh, I think a lot of that has to do with missing the playoffs six straight years, the fact that they didn't go out and get a marquee free agent. They kind of ran it back, bringing Aaron Gordon back. And Mo Bamba was interesting for only a couple of weeks before he got buried on the bench and played 16 minutes a game. And Nick Vucevic is not just – he's not a leading man uh, right. for a TV show right. for an NBA team. Um, I think that we what we are going to see, though, is – Magic Nation, Blue, you know, Blue, that's not Big Blue Nation, that's Kentucky, whatever we call it, Magic Nation, whatever we call it, Uh, I think you are going to see in the next few weeks, people start to realize, oh, wait a minute, they're not used to this. Yeah, no, I agree. We're not used to this. We're finally playing meaningful games here in the second half of the season. I think those are interesting. What what was it up again? 66% over what? 66% February versus January. Okay. Well, now, January was a god-awful month. I mean, yes. they were bad in January. They only won five yeah. games look, in January. I, I think part of that – look, and I, I work for Fox Sports Florida, and I love those guys. Part of that is them trying to combat all the bad press that, that the Magic and sure. they have gotten over the last few weeks. I think that's part of it. But I don't, I don't have any reason to doubt those numbers, and I go back to what you said. We're finally playing meaningful games, and I think Magic fans are taking notice. And you take a look at, at Sundays, traditionally late – on Sundays is when people start to watch TV. They get all their errands done, so forth and so on. And late Sundays, mm-hmm. that's when they start watching television. And the fact that there was really nothing else on yesterday, Nick, there's no PGA golf. And I think the PGA golf tournament was later on in the day from Mexico. It, 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 oh, it's typically right. in that time slot. And I don't think it was in that time slot on Sunday. So I think you have a lot of factors there. And and plus, you know, Toronto's very good basketball they team are. too. So, I, th- I think you combine all those factors, but I think your main point is correct. I think Magic fans are becoming woke they to are the fact that, th- that this is a pretty darn good basketball team playing really good basketball right now. So Let's I- not call to attention the fact you just used the word woke. Okay, let's not go ahead and do that. All right, let's not. Uh, let's instead uh, get to the win over <laughs> Toronto yeah. on Sunday, yeah. woke. Um, the Magic, uh, a chance to get a win. Now, they caught a break. Uh, the Magic beat the Raptors Sunday. By the way, they're 2-1 and one against the Raptors mm-hmm. this year. The Raptors did not play Kawhi Leonard. Right. Uh, which, by the way, no one's taking the win away from them. Okay? No one. They don't take these back. So Toronto can do whatever they want. And Terrence Ross said that after the game. He doesn't care who they play. We're yeah. going to just try to beat them. Uh, they're 1-1 one and w- they're one and one against Toronto this year uh, without with Kawhi. And they're 1-0 and o without Kawhi. Yeah. Um, but they're one of only three teams that have multiple wins against Toronto yeah. uh, this year. It's them. It's what? It's like Utah, and it's it's Milwaukee or something. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, they've they beaten Toronto twice. They've beaten, what, the Lakers twice? Um, for whatever Boston reason, twice. Boston twice. Um 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. For whatever reason, this Magic team matches up well against the Toronto what is Raptors. It? I, I, you look at all three of these games played between these two teams, all three games for the most part, Nick, for the most part, the Magic have dominated. What I mean, is you, it, you, Danny you, Green's you, jumper at the buzzer, right? That's the yeah. only reason why you've lost one. You should have won that game. It was a mad dash by Toronto at the end of that game in Orlando a few months ago. But look, you, you beat them by 15 on Sunday. You beat them by 29 a couple of days after Christmas. You lost to the Raptors on a last-second prayer by Danny Green. But you see this quite often in the NBA where one team matches up well against the other for whatever reason. I mean, I I could throw out theories. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, I mean, one of the reasons is through the three games, you're holding t- Toronto to 38% shooting through three games combined. So the Magic, for whatever reason, defend this team really, really well. Nick Vucevic has been consistent all year, and he's been great against the Raptors this year. But you look at Toronto, right? I mean, Toronto is not one of those teams that's going to junk it up. For the most part, they will play you conventionally like the Orlando Magic play. Like they have a point guard, they have a shooting guard, they have a small forward, a power forward, and a center, and that may have something to do with Mm, it. I don't really know about that. I mean, like, Ananobi is kind of one of those long athletic dudes. Uh, Siakam has turned himself into that kind of guy, too. But the point is, is that you can pick out the point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, and center. I guess you're right. I mean, we talk about switchability in the league. I wouldn't put them at the top in terms of switchability. There is a lot of, okay, we know what this guy is, what he's going to do. Right, And, and the magic... In, in those terms, are kind of conventional as well. That's a theory that I have. I'm just throwing that out there. But sometimes sometimes this stuff just happens and you don't know why. But I do believe that the Magic match up very well against Toronto, and they play with a lot of confidence. Like, you watched them on Sunday. There's no awe. There, there, there's no intimidation. No, factor I think that's whatsoever. because of ter- I think I think you take that cue from Terrence Ross. I think Terrence Ross goes in there. He's like, I'm not afraid of these guys. I played here for however right. many years. I know who these guys are. And look, you have them one more time coming up, I believe, in April, uh, back there in Toronto. But the precedent has been set. You're up two to one against these guys, and don't look now, but this could be. A first-round playoff matchup, the Orlando Magic and the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, I was going to get to that here. Maybe this is the team you want to play in the first round if you play them that well. You play them on April 1st is when the Magic, it is their, uh, they have four games left in the season after that. So their fifth to last game of the year. Be careful what you wish for, as always, because the playoffs are a different game. It's a totally different game, but... There will be no intimidation factor going into potential playoff series with the Toronto Raptors here. No question about no, that. No, there won't be. And you're right. Maybe it is. It's just a matchup thing. I mean, you have. I I, I love the matchup of Vucevic and Gasol in the middle. Like just yeah. I I I loved I loved watching that uh, last night. And Vucevic outplayed outplayed. Yeah, Gasol, Gasol actually and, got the start, and Abaka came off the bench. And I think Aaron Gordon makes Siakam feel uncomfortable because Aaron Gordon Siakam's more not a guy that necessarily wants to go out and right. guard a guy like Aaron Gordon. And AG can kind of run from sideline to sideline and. And do a little bit of that. Well, I know we we're going to talk about Terrence Ross, so let's start here. Terrence Ross is another difference maker in a series like this, too, because familiarity. Yeah. He's very, very familiar 
with the Toronto Raptors. And and this is kind of what we're seeing right now with Terrence Ross is kind of what the NBA world has been waiting for for a long, long time with Terrence Ross. Finally, he is realizing that potential that a lot of folks talked about early on in this early on in his career when he was drafted in the first round out of the University of Washington by these Toronto Raptors. He has blossomed for whatever reason, be it maturation, be it be it Steve Clifford's coaching, be it this is just the time, you know, what is he in his seventh year right now, Terrence Ross? Sixth or seventh year. But, I mean, he he is arriving on the NBA scene consistently finally now. This is his eighth season. Eighth year. Yeah, he was five years in Toronto. This is his third year in Orlando. So this is his eighth season in the NBA. Terrence Ross has played 472 NBA games. And I don't think you put your finger on the reason why Terrence Ross is doing what he's doing this year, which is, by the way, average a career high, just about 15 points a game. Uh, he's giving you a career high three and a half rebounds a game, and he is shooting the ball easily a career high 38% in terms of when he's played meaningful games. Sorry, second career high. He shot 39% his second year, but 38% from three. From three. From yes, three, from yeah. three, but he's shooting two more threes a game uh, with Orlando than he was with Toronto. It's all about situation. Uh, we We are all... We are all kind of the, I would say, the outcome of our situation, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's I, the, the, I'm not breaking any news here. Terrence Ross is the Magic's Jamal Crawford, Ben Gordon, whatever you want to call it. Terrence Ross is suited to be a sixth man. It's just there are guys whose games are set up right for that, and I believe that the best version of Terrence Ross is to know coming in, and, and and Josh Robbins wrote a great piece about Terrence Ross and how he's put together, you know, his warm-up. He does the whole uh, the Bonner Challenge. I don't know. Did you read the piece I about did not see the it, Bonner no. Challenge where he shoots layups and he shoots, a, shoots free throws and he has to try to go through and make a layup, a free throw, a three-and-a-half-court shot, hmm. and, and, and it's really cool. Yeah. Um, but I think Terrence Ross knowing, okay, I'm going to check into the game and I can gun yeah. a little. And I don't have to play inside of a system necessarily, but the ball is in my hands. It's a little bit like when I was in college at Washington, and I know I can get a feel for my shot, and he's just bettered his game. He talked a lot about, after that Toronto game, how he worked with a broom in his face to get the arc on his shot better. Yeah. I think he's just fit right now. It's not necessarily about a contract mm-hmm. here. He's fit to be a sixth man. This is who he is. Yeah, Um. Yeah, that, that's that's a really good point. I didn't know that about um, his his protocol before game. Yeah. But look, he he has the knock on Terrence Ross throughout his career has been a lack of consistency. We have seen it here in Orlando this year. Now you say he has finally been given carte blanche this year. He was given carte blanche last year under Frank Vogel. But for whatever reason, well, I mean, like he played twenty four games. I I I, I get that. But Vogel about, yeah. lo- Vogel loved him. He did. Vogel absolutely loved him, and and he started some last year. Um, but for whatever reason, it's come together under Steve Clifford this year, and I do believe that Clifford has a lot to do with that. Uh, he's doing – I mean, heck, he had a season-high nine rebounds against Toronto on Sunday. So for whatever reason, and there are probably a, a, a conglomeration of reasons for this, Terrence Ross – is reaching his potential here in whatever his seventh or eighth year in the NBA. I, I think it might be his seventh, Nick. You might want to check. No, that I'm again. looking. I'm looking at it. I mean, he was he was drafted in 2012, um, which would be 2019. I don't know why this is telling me eight, but it's telling me eight. Okay, he's had eight seasons. Okay, right? all right. One, two, three, four, five, 
six. Oh, that's what happened here. It is. It was tra- he was traded. He in, was in traded. In a, it's okay, du- so it's the, double counting that season he was traded. Right. right. So, well, just, so whatever gonna, it is. I'm editing so, this out. No, it's all right. So whatever it is, seven or eight, he is finding his consistency. And, and now the question becomes. <laughs> it's one thing for me to look like an idiot. We do live radio. <laughs> now I'm doing a tape podcast and I still look like a moron. So, And now the question becomes this. What the heck happens with Terrence Ross in the future now? So I tweeted out a poll about this, um, and I'm I'm going to talk about it on ESPN 580 on Nick and Company. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had to choose one, because that's what this is going to come down to, I believe. You have to choose one. Is it Nick Vucevic or is it Terrence Ross? Uh, it's going to be a tough choice for Jeff Weltman and John Hammond. This is assuming both guys want to stay. This is assuming that you can you know, get a deal done with both of them, and you have to pick one. Yeah. I feel like I would rather have Terrence Ross than Nick Vucevic at this point. Wow. And I would give the money to Terrence Ross and keep him, and I would send Nick Vucevic on his way. Wow. Um, By the way, the first all-star for the Magic since 2012. That Exactly. That is an interesting question. I would probably side with Vooch, but I know the reason, the main reason why you're doing that and is because you have Mo Bamba sitting on the bench there in a boot right now, and Mo hopefully have, will be ready for next season. I have all this draft capital and money right. tied up right. in the front court, right. and my back court is DJ Augustine, Evan Fournier, who's having an up-and-down season, right. and what, nothing. Well, I, I look at Terrence Ross, and, and you go, okay, look, look at the, the free agent class of 2019. It's going to be really crowded because you've got – You've got Kevin Durant, you've got Kyrie Irving, you've got Kawhi Leonard, sure. you've got Clay Thompson, you've got Kemba Walker on down the line. So it's, I, I think for a Terrence Ross, who is a six-man right now, it's not exactly a great summer to become a free agent, but there's no doubt that Terrence Ross is going to have his suitors out there. The question is, will the Orlando Magic go all in, go all in to try to keep him knowing that Nick Vucevic also becomes an unrestricted free agent. Where do you go there? Do you go Vooch or do you go Ross? Or can can you possibly talk a Terrence Ross into a, a, a shortened tenure deal, like a, a two or three year deal to where Vooch, you give him an extended deal? I, I don't know what that looks like. So Terrence Ross, let's say that you were to sign him to like a two-year deal with a third-year player I'm option. I'm good with that right now. Okay, well, I mean, that means he's 29 kind of hitting the markets. Uh, you don't, you know, and, and by the way, the free agent market this summer is great. The next year, it's not great. Right. Uh, I'd be interested to see whether or not he'd do like a one-and-one and come back and try to have I'd, the same I'd kind of season. I'd be for that, too. Um, I, I I don't know. I think if I had to pick one, yeah. and I mean that's I I would pick Terrence Ross because you know you know what he is. Like I I know Terrence Ross is going to give me this off the bench. I guess I mean I guess you kind of know what Vooch is too. Um, but I have a guy that I can kind of play off that spot, and there would have to be an understanding, like you said. Hey, listen, you're a sixth man. You're Ben Gordon. You're yeah. Jamal Crawford. You're yeah. you're that guy. You're the microwave. So you're the guy that's going to come out. You can you can shoot 14 times a game. And this is who you're going to be. I don't want to sign you to a contract three years, four years, or whatever. Right. And then a quarter of the way into a season, you're saying, well, I'd kind of like to get into that starting lineup. Sure. I think that's really the thing with him. Uh, I would be more comfortable bringing Terrence Ross back also because just of where the game has gone. It's a perimeter-dominated no game. No doubt. Uh, my guess right now, if you're going to give one or the other, if, if you're going to give an extended deal, and look, Jeff Weltman, the president of basketball operations, has made a decision to rebuild this organization with youth, right? right? With, with, with the core of young guys. And that core includes 
Jonathan Isaac, maybe on down the line, a Markel Fultz, maybe on down the line, a Mohamed Bamba, uh, so forth and so on. So you're, you're rebuilding this organization with youth. How does Vooch fit into that? How does it Terrence Ross fit into that? I have no idea. My guess would be right now, if you're going to give an extended free agent deal, you're going to give it to Nick Vucevic and not Terrence Ross because of the position he plays. Mm-hmm. Vooch is a starter and Terrence Ross is not. Now, could he start out there? For several different teams, yes, he could. he could. Would he be as effective? That's the question. And it's always been the question That's with the Terrence question. Ross. I right? think there he would even... be a lot of a lot of front offices that would look at Terrence Ross and say, wait a minute, we've seen the best version of you, and it's as a guy coming off and, the bench. And remember last year under Frank Vogel, he volunteered to go back to the bench. He did. <laughs> so so wh- it could be that he's realized, hey, I'm more comfortable there. I'd be interested, and maybe we can get Terrence Ross here on the podcast or on the radio show on ESPN 580 and ask him, hey, why – is there just more of a comfort level coming off the bench because you can get into the flow of the game? Yeah, I think I think he's very, very comfortable right now. Yeah. And that's oh, another so thing. Comfortable. That's another thing. And let's go back to Coach Clifford here. Terrence Ross in his seventh NBA season has blossomed under this particular coach. Yeah. He's had a lot of coaches in the past. Okay? Yes. A, a number of coaches in the past who have not been able to get this out of Terrence Ross. Now, is this happening because Terrence Ross is maturing before our very eyes in year seven? No doubt. But I think Coach Clifford has an awful lot to do with that. Do you want to leave that comfort zone of Coach Clifford getting the most out of you to go somewhere else? I mean, that's something that you have to ask yourself, too. So you talked about the free agency in 2019 and it being crowded and all that stuff. Uh, if you go to Hoops Hype, they actually have this really cool thing where they rank the free agents in 2019. Uh, and at the shooting guard position, Terrence Ross's position, yeah. uh, here are the guys that are in front of him. Terrence Ross is the fifth ranked free agent shooting guard, okay? Clay Thompson. Yeah. I don't think Clay's going anywhere. Jimmy Butler, J.J. Redick, Danny Green, a guy that he played against on Sunday, mm-hmm. and then Terrence Ross. The guy right behind them is Thomas Sadoransky, then Wesley Matthews. Terrence Ross, by the way, in terms of guys that may change teams, he might be the third best of all of these because I don't know if Jimmy Butler is going to be with is is going right. anywhere. I don't know if JJ Reddick's going anywhere. The Sixers are kind of yeah. all in with the group that they have. Right. So, and let's say Clay isn't going anywhere. So, if you need a shooting guard, it's down to Danny Green and Terrence Ross. Mm. That's that's what it is. Where's Terrence Ross on the overall list? Thirty fifth, mm. right behind Terry Rozier. Really? Okay. Mm. I don't know about that. It's about age. I don't know that's about an that. Age thing. Yeah, that's a that's yeah, a younger guy be. thing. It yeah, that's be. all that is. Yeah. Look, I, I I love what I see out of Terrence Ross. I guess we'll cross that bridge when we come to it in terms of what's going to happen in the off season. I would love to see Terrence Ross and Nikola Vucevic back in Orlando Magic uniforms next season. But knowing what the blueprint is for Jeff Weltman and John Hammond, and that is to build this team through youth, through the draft, through. Uh, trades like we saw with uh, with Markel Fultz. I, I, quite frankly, I would be very surprised to see both of these guys back in Magic uniforms. And if I'm to take one or the other, I'd probably take Vooch and you would take T. Ross. I would take Terrence Ross. I would fully understand why it's Nick Vujovic. He was the all-star. He has been uh, a rock for this team all a, season long. he's a long. starter, right? He's a starter. It's a marketing thing at the end. I mean, the marketing guys are in on some of these meetings, too. I don't blame anybody, <laughs> but they are. These marketing guys are in on it, too. I understand. Yeah, yeah. well, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. I'd love to see both of them back next year, but there's no doubt Terrence Ross is having uh, an outstanding year, and if the Magic are going to make the playoffs and possibly go anywhere in the playoffs, 
Terrence Ross has got to come up huge. And that's another thing. Keep in mind, other teams are focused on Terrence Ross. They are. Other teams are when when he, the minute he comes into the game, you can see the other team go, "Hey, hey, that guy." You check thirty-one. That bleeping guy. Okay, check thirty-one because he's going to come off this screen and nail a shot if you don't guard him. He so, has become one of the better man. catch and shooters in the NBA, yep. and most of the threes he's making are just that quickly. Then we'll go because we got to get the heck out of here. Uh, the Magic play New York Tuesday night. Here are the next five games: mm. New York, Golden State, Indiana, Cleveland, and Philly. Let's go three and two. That's, I mean, I'm not expecting a win over Golden State. I'm not expecting a win over Philly because of how good they are, though Philly has depth issues. If you can go three or two or better, I yeah. think you're continuing to put yourself in a position to make a run at the playoffs. Well, I've said it before. I think this Magic team will make the playoffs. I am looking forward to some meaningful games here in the final 20 or so. This is the part of the schedule now that favors the Orlando Magic. The front portion was an absolute killer. I thought they would be dead, quite frankly, uh, after the Mexico City trip and then having to go out west again. They remained afloat, and now you get, what, 14 of your final 21 games against teams with sub-500 records. The key is keep focused. I know Steve Clifford will do that with this team, and I think this team does make the playoffs, and I think they can get up as high as six in the East. All right, that's going to do it for us here on uh, the Heart and Hustle podcast, episode five. You can get us anywhere you can get podcasts, uh, Apple, Google Play, the whole thing, all of it, Spotify, um, Stitcher. Make sure you go, you subscribe, you can comment, the whole thing. You can get Scott Inez on Twitter, at Inez Says. Make sure you listen to him weekdays on ESPN 580. From 4 to 6. Same thing. You can catch him uh, anytime uh, throughout the week on Twitter. Adonez says. And me, Nick Grunowitz. Uh, they know me as Nikki Football there on ESPN 580. 4 to 6 with Scotty. And, of course, 6 to 8 live, local, and loud. Uh, we will have the latest, greatest magic news for you. Check back later this week. We'll have a few more episodes coming for you.